genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one optometrist nightmare-filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today from the Protagonist Podcast is Joe Dorosky. Hello. Hello. Very excited to see what we uh, we get out of this minute for our discussion. <laughs> Uh, today we're talking about minute 183, which starts with Boromir still lying on the ground, ashamed, saying, what have I done? And ends with Frodo saying, it has taken Boromir to Aragorn. Yes. Not the ring has taken Boromir to Aragorn, but Frodo speaking yes. to Aragorn says yes. it has, it has taken, taken Boromir. Boromir. Which is a, an, an interesting way for Frodo to just phrase that. It's not like Boromir tried to kill me. Yeah. It's it has taken Boromir. Well, I mean, a few minutes ago, he does make the point of saying that to Boromir that you are not yourself. Yeah. So he knows mm -hmm. what's up. Yeah. It's just really scary. It is really scary. Does that... Gets... I was going to say, does that phrasing remove some of Boromir's agency? I think so. Yeah, I think it does. But it, it makes it... that It almost makes it more tragic. It really mm -hmm. makes it more tragic because the, his agency is robbed in this situation. And it makes Bormir's eventual like redemption like more like like he's reclaiming something when he does his final stand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Boromir. <sighs> Poor Boromir. I don't want to watch two weeks of him dying. Poor Amir. Yeah. Poor Amir. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, we uh we get we we see the Tower of Baradur and, and Sauron's big old eye have we for seen, the first time in a while. Yeah, have we seen the tower ever? The whole tower? Yeah. No. Okay. We get a panning shot of it this time, right? Yes. Yes. This is us seeing Baradur in full. Uh because previously when we've seen Baradur, it's been in construction. Oh, that's right. Okay. So the orcs have completed it in a very short amount of time. They've built this giant fortress. You know, if you need to get stuff foundation. done, you just hire some more. That's what right. Saruman did. Yeah. They're good builders. They're quick, efficient, follow orders well. Do you think they were following, like, were those union workers? Or um, are there, like, some orcs with a rat, uh, like, 10 yards off the build site? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, these aren't union hours that are being worked right here. <laughs> we need overtime. Yeah. We need it's to like negotiate a, our wages. There's an orcish picket line, and then Sauron just looks at them and goes, uh, no. <laughs> Get back to work, or you get thrown in the volcano. Well, I mean, how long did it take Saruman to just completely decimate the forest around Isengard? Like two weeks. <laughs> and make a mine, like a like a pit. Well, the pits have to have been there for a while. He's probably been, like the implication, he's been working on these weird genetic experiments for years. And then he just opens uh, them up finally. Yeah. He's been a, he's he's been Frankensteining it up for a while. So you're saying OSHA doesn't exist for the orcs? Right. No, there there is no <laughs> occupational hazard police. <laughs> That's not what OSHA stands for. I, but okay. I know occupational hazard police. It worked for me. I knew what he meant. <laughs> yeah. 
I think working with Sauron itself is an occupational hazard. Yeah, I mean, it's just like working in Moria, the, the dwarves building those skinny bridges. Yeah. It's just being a dwarf. Yeah. And Sauron's like, they can do it, you can do it. And the orcs are like, we're bigger than them. It depends on, like, because Moria orcs aren't bigger than them. No. But Mordor orcs are. Oh, that's true. I'm going to say this with... I, 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 this is one of those phrases that could... Or, or statements that could sound like it's being insulting. And I mean this, like, with full sincerity. I'm amazed at how quickly you can rattle off minutia and also correctly pronounce things from the Lord of the Rings universe. Uh <laughs> It is awe-inspiring to listen to, uh, you know, the divisions of orcs that just, you know, the time periods that you know, and also, again, the correct pronunciation of some of these these names, which can be tricky when you only read it's, them upon a page. It's definitely a learning curve. Um, yeah, stumbling on names still happens. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's very hard to remember when you look at kind of fantasy names and remember that Tolkien said that in any names rooted in Elven, a C is always a hard K sound. Yeah. And a DH makes a like a TH. So. And a DH is a TH. Yeah. But At least he offered some, hard some guidance. Rules. Yeah. 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 There's some so. fantasy books I've read where I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just moving on. Right. <laughs> that word. That word is just <laughs> letters on a page. It, it doesn't even form sounds in my head. That's hard. With, that's hard with words with lots of consonants. It's just like, is this a is this a grunt? What is this? <laughs> uh, whatever. I have no idea how to say this. I find like, that. You know, I think the the name that everyone can relate to, not knowing how to pronounce, is Hermione. Yes. yes. When I was first reading, that was definitely Hermione in my head when I first read Harry Potter. Oh yeah, for me too. And then Hermione. Like, my life changed when I was sitting in that movie theater. I was like, oh my gosh, that's how you say that? Wow, that's way prettier. <laughs> Hermione sounds terrible. Oh, for me, it was audiobooks. Where I was like, no oh, oh, oh look that. at that. Jim Dale <laughs> makes everything sound better, including oh, the pronunciation so of yeah. Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Yeah. I think that that's the one you can always point to and be like, did everyone get this? I think everyone got this. Yeah. Well, okay. for, for uh, not for like the generation coming up for them, they have the movies, you know, like the and also like the cultural knowledge is there now. It's for those people who yeah. are reading before uh, the movies had kind of taken over our like visual and and our spoken language of Harry Potter. Uh, that mm -hmm. that you get some of those weird. Well, in my head, it was this. What was it in your head? Conversations. <laughs> you know, I think that if you asked some random person that had only seen the movies and not read the books how to spell Hermione, you would get a very different spelling. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, it makes sense. It would sense. be an O-N-Y, probably. Yeah, it makes sense now that I know how to say it, because it's like Greek. And yeah. Like, Greek, it, Gresh, Greek mythology inspired names are... They like follow a pattern, like psyche, yeah. and, you know, whatever. Much but, like Elvish, uh, but, you know, names, yeah, naming yeah. conventions. I find though with most fantasy stuff, um, I think people tend to use words that have lots more vowels than they do consonants. Right, but like sometimes you get like, uh, like names with lots of Z's and X's. Yes. Oh, like aliens. I always or imagine like, more sci-fi for like sorcerers. Yeah. Like undead sorcerers and stuff, oh. or just like, or dragons have like very consonant heavy names. Oh, that's true. You're coming from D and D land. Yeah, <laughs> lots of zzzzzzzzzz. Yeah. Don't worry. I think there's probably some fair overlap with your listenership and D and D land. Yeah. yeah. One would one would think so. I would hope so. Yeah. Play more D and D. It's awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs>
So, so what um, are we, yeah, what circling are we back to, uh, <laughs> to you guys have probably already talked about this, but the world when he puts on the ring and we see Frodo and everything has kind of this, it's a flame effect, right? On everything that's around Frodo. Kind that. of. Yeah. It's like everything's like brushed and wiggly. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I guess this whole sequence, I mean, most of this minute is him inside the ring world, whatever you want to call that, that point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, does does that age has that aged well for you guys? I mean, we're what fifteen years on now. I th- I think it still works. Okay. I really do think it still works. There's a couple of moments in the movie that are just like, oh, that effect doesn't look so great anymore. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the but ring think- wraiths in their like human guises on Weathertop. I don't think looks great, but it still works. I think the the ring world, like wraith world itself, though, with the the. It looks like water again, and it this the sound effect like there is like the fire whoosh, but there's yeah. all it 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 sounds more liquid to me. To me, it sounds one. like wind uh, wrapping against like a loose flag. Yeah, that's like the sound effect I always get from Wraith World. Mm-hmm. It's like canvas blowing right. in the wind. I like, yeah, I like the name Wraith World for it. <laughs> um. <laughs> For me, it's like one that I think it's on the cusp of tipping over into like not working as well. Something with the mm. CGI effects of it all. And in this use of it, when you get the hard line of Frodo seeing the tower and the tower is like stark and and not in Wraith World, like yeah. seeing those two side by side makes it stand out even more. And maybe more so than other versions of it in this very film makes it say like, is this is are these special effects some of the ones that aren't going to look as good 10 years from now and they're like you guys said there are some that already are kind of hitting that point whereas when it came out i think everyone was on board as saying this is amazing um you know i can't believe we've we've done this with filmmaking it's amazing how quickly technology evolves that we start to look back even you know just a decade earlier and say "Mm, it's it's not quite there and something about the hard lines of the tower next to wraith world just was off to me and i mean i definitely still like the effect because i can't think of a better way to communicate like what they're going for with Wraith World. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it, it's almost, it doesn't look like fire smoke to me. It looks like a dust storm. It looks like, um, yeah, I guess it does look like, like wind more so. Um, but like whipping in every direction. Yeah. It's like you're in the eye of a hurricane. It looks, it looks like the, the rocks, like the pillars where Frodo is, um, next to it looks like they're being blown away yeah like they're being eroded yeah um and i do see what you were saying about like the little like the view screen almost of like in the <laughs> mordor and it's not being affected at all it's just there well why would it be affected that's true well why is it nor like he's is he seeing that with his physical eyes or like what <laughs> so like where he is is a place where people would go to use magic to see far away, like I think with the Palantir specifically. Mm. So this place has been a house for a viewing stone before they were lost, like a couple thousand years. Yeah. So I think the idea is that some of that residual magic has left its imprint here. But Frodo, the last time he put the ring on... um yeah, Sarah could look at him. Yeah. And the eye was just right the I see you moment. Right. Right. Uh, 
which isn't repeated here, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. It's not the, the big, time. big <laughs> threatening tower. Oh, I see. Yeah, that would be a hat trick, I think. It would be <laughs> fantastic. But also is not there, great. Just real quick, when we get the zoom in on the eye, the, the flaming eyeball, is there a, a Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus Rex sound that is added to the mix? <laughs> As the eye, like, uh, its pupil dilates? <laughs> uh, there's definitely a sound effect. It definitely sounds like it, and now I cannot unhear it. Well, it's probably the possum screeches, the same thing that they were using for the um, the ring wraiths. It's, but it sounds like every every other time we've seen Sauron, like the not quite the the possum screaming, but the or the, sorry, that's the orcs. It was uh, it's um, Fran, Fran Walsh. Fran screaming. Fran Walsh is the um, wraith scream. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I need. I, <laughs> I missed this trivia. I'm not fully caught up on your episodes, so that's okay. So awesome screaming, screaming is orcs, and Ren Walsh screaming is ringwraiths. Yeah, every time you hear a ringwraith shriek, that is Fran Walsh's actual scream, like amplified in the Foley department. This movie is like the screech. Some of the sounds are so (laughs) imprinted in my head. When you say ringwraith scream, like I hear it in my head, like perfectly. Yeah accompanying with that with that sound so a human a human being made that noise a human woman made that yes. noise <laughs> and this, you know peter peter jackson's wife made that noise <laughs> oh fully fully art is just amazing to me i love fully art <laughs> she she hurt her vocal cords making that noise i believe it yeah i yeah no doubt it sounds like the gates of hell have right. opened in her just, vocal cords. Just they were looking for a good scream, and people that knew Fran were like, you could do that. <laughs> Is that because she startles easily me. or something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How how many of her friends, like, recommended her? Like, how many of her friends have heard her scream in terror? Right, like, does she see a spider in the kitchen and her neighbors are just like, oh my god. <laughs> Regrate, regret. They, yeah, they, like, move. They hide yeah. under the bed. They all get, like, butterbur. They're, like, crouching behind a cabinet. <laughs> Honey, we are moving. That house is haunted. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it definitely does sound like a T-Rex. The... Not like, you know, the... the... The raspy kind of T Rex. Yeah, the, roar. like the the first time we really hear it roar, like when it steps and it's mm-hmm. in the in the front of the the Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Jurassic it's... Park minute podcast, isn't there? That's probably Yes, yeah. there is. Yeah. That has discussed the sound effects for those dinosaur roars. That's a movie that holds a real special place in my heart because I didn't get to see it in theaters when it came out. And when they did the anniversary, I, I went and saw it. Oh. I had to. So that was the first PG-13 movie. I begged my parents to let me go see it. And I think I would have been nine when it came out. And I had never seen a PG-13 movie in the theater before. And I begged and begged. And my parents at first said no. And finally let me go. And I still remember vividly. I think it's the scene with the raptors in the kitchen. I was curled up in a ball in my theater seat. And my mom looked over and just started laughing in the middle of this very tense scene. You wanted this. No, I, I have a, I have a very similar story. That's really funny. We weren't allowed to watch um, PG-13 movies. So for my 13th birthday, we watched Jurassic Park on video. And all of my friends at my sleepover party got to see me freak out in the like at the raptor scene. And I was like crying because I was so scared. Yeah. When did what year did that movie come out? Oh, gosh. Is it 90? 90... I don't know. 93 is my guess. I'm going to go 
Uh, yeah, I think it's like 93, 94. Like so 90s. I was like five or six years old, a little boy obsessed with dinosaurs, begging my parents oh, to boy. let me see this PG-13 movie. Oh, 93. So I would have been 10 or 11 then. A little, little older, but still hadn't seen that level of uh, terror on the big screen in my right. life. And... <laughs> My parents said no, and I never. I I was always bitter about it. <laughs> I was always bitter about it uh, because when I finally saw Jurassic Park, I was just like, I could have seen this in theaters, even as a little <laughs> kid. I was like, I could have seen this in the movie theater. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, didn't you watch Alien at six years old? Yeah, I saw Alien for the first time when I was like six or seven. Yeah, that's I nothing. That pre- like... that prepares you for Jurassic Park just fine. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've mentioned this to you before. I'm pretty sure I saw Alien and Thing in the same night when I was a kid. Nope. Because <laughs> my dad loved renting horror movies. I'm all set. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't, I, so, okay. As long as we're on this tangent, I remember Alien being on TV and my parents letting us have it on. And I watched about 10 minutes and I was like, nope, I'm out. And I went, <laughs> I just left the room. <laughs> uh, that, that movie is not for me when I was a young child. <laughs> I saw far too many things far too young because <laughs> my parents would just rent movies they wanted to see and just let us sit there and watch it with them. Oh my them. goodness. <laughs> they wouldn't let me go see Jurassic Park in the movie theater. You're still, still haven't let that one go just yet? Yeah. No, not really. Oh, that's really It was funny. worth seeing in theaters for the anniversary though. I believe it. That's a, that's a movie where the special effects have hold up. They have oh, yeah. all virtually all of them have held up really well. Yeah. Except for the one CGI sequence with the the herd of dinosaurs that that mm. move like birds. That's and that's the I think the only <laughs> major CGI one and it's like mm. so you know, We're here on Jurassic Park minute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my question that I have for Lord of the Rings minute. How far has Frodo run from Boromir in this <laughs> sequence? Like just the logistics of the physical space. That's a good question. Cuz he kicked Boromir. Sure escaped put on the ring and then he kind of pauses as he's running up the structure and then he falls off of it and aragorn's there right what i don't even understand is why he runs up the structure because it's there because he has the high ground he's won (laughs) sorry star wars Star Wars. sorry wrong one (laughs) i don't know if okay so if you're you're already invisible if you're if your friend (laughs) Just stand is, still if you're invisible. Who is three feet taller than you and like has like a hundred pounds on you. All right. I'm trying to imagine someone that would be that much larger than me. <laughs> and I'm just, Andre the Giant comes to mind. Right. Okay. So Andre the Giant wants the ring that's around your neck and he just pummeled you to the ground. I would run up any direction to get as far away from that happening as possible. Right. But it's just panicked flight, not strategy. Yeah. It's just... Frodo only has a flight response. I feel like that's most of like Frodo's life, like panicked, like not strategy. You know, I think that that's the biggest difference between Sam and Frodo. Frodo only has a flight response and Sam only has a fight response. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting. I mean, what makes Frodo such a great character is that he's fighting that flight response for the entire trek. Like his whole journey is to the most danger. That's Mm -hmm. all he's doing is walking into danger, even though when... Like you, you've said, one of his defining characteristics is, is flight, not fight. So he's got to be really fighting against his core <laughs> to do this this quest. That's a really funny way of putting it. Yeah. 
it's like when you think about it though like every time the two of them are put in danger frodo's first response is let's just leave and sam's first response is it threatens you i'm gonna punch him right uh, i was gonna say he grabs a frying pan that's his yeah. first response <laughs> <laughs> like these two people sharing an apartment sam kills all the spiders <laughs> I think Sam wouldn't kill spiders. Sam well, would catch the spiders and let them go. He kills one. I think oh, he would he kill a spider. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Anytime there's anything like that, like it's just Sam. Sam. Can, no, can he's not even saying this? that. He's just out of the apartment. Sam walks in. He's like, where is it? Okay, what's here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a mouse. Go outside, little buddy. <laughs> I really like um, the the griffins, like the the griffin statues. Uh, yeah, they're the... on the the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because eagles have peerless senses, so they can see far away from this stand. Are they eagles or are they griffins? I think they're supposed to be eagles. Okay, they look very stylized. It's I eagle head. Yeah, like the palantir would have sat right there. Oh wow. Like between the wings, not at the top of them, I don't think. Oh, oh, okay. There's like a little basin, I think, over there. You know, there. the first. I thought it was like, wait, we've seen his palantir. It's not that big. No, there, there, there was a really big one. <laughs> like, no, um, because there are seven. I think there are seven. I think there are seven palantirs, but there's only. We only see two. No, we only see one. We only see one in the story, but. Well, doesn't Denethor have one? Oh, yeah, no, we do see two. Yeah, Denethor has one. Because Saruman has one, Denethor has one, and presumably Sauron has one. There were seven. Good uh-huh, job. I was right. Good job. Yeah, uh, I probably could have told you where most of them were without having to look. Uh, I could not do that. That's why I just looked it up. Because I know there was one at Weathertop. <laughs> there was one in Minas Morgul and Osgiliath. Mm. And Orthanc. And Orthanc, yeah. which is why Saruman has one. Mm. It's the two really elven name ones I would have been like, <laughs> I just know there are two more. That's fair. We learn more about those in the Silmarillion, right? Yeah, you learn about them being, I think you learn about them being made. Sweet. Now that one's going to be a film for New Line at some point as they, they've run out of Hobbit money at this point, right? So is that is that next for them? I've heard rumors about a Silmarillion film, but I don't know if the Tolkien estate would sign off on it. Yeah. I, I mean, would be down for a Baron and Luthien film. Yeah, I would be down for Baron and Luthien film. After they signed off on three Hobbit films, I'm not sure yeah, what that's, that's <laughs> you know, where their line in the sand is. <laughs> that's true. I wonder if they signed off on just like you know the rights to the the right they just signed off on the rights to the movie yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then peter jackson just stuffed silmarillion stuff into those movies (laughs) and he's like you know this part where in the book he's unconscious i'm gonna make that an entire film by itself (laughs) yeah here we go oh those movies we'll get there yeah we'll get there yeah i like the first one someday (laughs) i cannot wait to hear you talk about the physics of barrels no, many more, moons from now <laughs> i'm more mad about legolas jumping off falling rocks okay that was the coolest thing i've ever seen <laughs> oh different opinions that's great i love conflict no i i don't know anytime legolas does something ridiculous i'm all about it and i'm just like no I mean, 
stop police i love that i got boromir minutes but i am a little sad that i didn't get any legolas in in these sequences okay you know there's there's not a lot of legolas in this movie we get to see legolas surfing on a shield in two towers so yeah my favorite my favorite moment in the whole firing arrows the whole time (laughs) I, i think that moment of action imprinted on a generation of of moviegoers like oh wow (laughs) film can do this an elf surfing down on a shield (laughs) and then like every action video game in the world copied it i know it's like where do we go from here like (laughs) so much prince of persia i think was inspired by these movies that makes crazy acrobatics but lots of tangents (laughs) so if you are interested in our friend Joe's work, where can we find you, Joe? Uh, just go search for Protagonist Podcast uh, online. You can go directly to protagonistpodcast.com or just put it into your podcast app and you'll find us. And also on duelinggenre.com, along with our Minute Podcast, you can find Back to the Future Minute, Harry Potter Minute, and the recently started Spider-Man Minute. Mm-hmm. Speaking of crazy acrobatics. Speaking of crazy acrobatics, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great day, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye.